Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad. This is episode 199. Oh, shit! Penultimate! Of this awesome podcast. So, we... Yeah, we're almost at 200. I'm very excited about that. So, <laughs> this is the third chapter in classic horror. So, I, we picked a pretty, it, it depends on who you talk to, but this movie is constantly brought up in pop culture. Uh, there's some awesome episodes of The Simpsons that go over this, and I, I love that some of the best moments of this movie that people spoof on were improv. So, uh, yep. but yeah, we're talking about The Shining because we don't want to get sued. No, we're talking about, we're talking <laughs> about The Shining. Um, you want to get sued? <laughs> the tide of terror that swept America is here. That was the little part on the page that had Jack Nicholson's face just here, Johnny. So uh, if you don't know anything about The Shining, that's crazy. Uh, you probably have seen someone spoof it. Absolutely. Uh, Elevated, it opens with blood. Creepy little twins. Uh, Just a face coming through a hole that was made with an axe yelling, here's Johnny. Yeah, that was improv. Uh, Just, I don't know. That Simpsons episode, Willie gets an axe in the back. (laughs) He's like, oh, I'm bad at this. Uh, It's everywhere. Tons of bands have, have brought something up about The Shining. So, uh, it's a fun one, but... Uh, let's go around and ask, see uh, what everybody thought. Katie, what did you think about The Shining? I think I need to read the book. You will enjoy it. Because the movie left a lot of left me with a lot of questions. Because I know Otis had read it already, because he's a huge Stephen King fan. I kept asking him about things that were happening that just I didn't feel like had enough explanation in the movie. Like not at all. The yeah, the choices that Stanley Kubrick, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Stanley Kubrick made to make this like super um, fancy looking film was too, I don't know. It just, I felt like it took a lot out of the story that was missing and made it hard to follow as the story went on. And like the reason that things were going the way that they were going, like didn't make a lot of sense because there was a huge lack of explanation at the beginning um i don't know it was it was good i guess but i don't know i don't fan i'm not gonna fangirl over it like a lot of people do Mm -hmm. i'm just i prefer the simpsons version (laughs) because it was only half an hour (laughs) quite literally a fifth of this movie (laughs) Yeah. 80% less. Uh, what about you, Micah? Um, it definitely reminded me of artsy fartsy horror films. Oh, yeah. Which for tend sure. to happen a lot. Um, I, I definitely like. I don't know. It Classic movies don't always necessarily have to be. I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that one. But, like. It. It, the best thing about it being a classic is everything quotes it. 
Yeah. And everything uses it in very tasteful ways. Like, really, really appropriate ways that just are incredibly funny, whether or not you've seen it. It almost feels like there's been so many spoofs that everybody's seen it, even yeah, if they haven't. honestly. You, <laughs> you could basically probably, have. You could probably walk through this movie just watching other things. Yep. Like, oh, hey, hedge maze. Yeah, okay, okay. I know where I'm at. <laughs> uh, Emma, what'd you think? Well, I saw this movie a long time ago. And by a long time ago, I mean pretty sure when we started dating we watched this movie uh it gives me severe anxiety watching this movie because the soundtrack is nothing but violence very loud ringing style whatever and it creeps me out almost more than the movie And it just, I don't know. I mean, I like, like I said, it gave me severe anxiety. I liked it a while ago. I still like it. It's a good movie. I wouldn't rave about it, but it's a good movie. Um, Like Katie said, I would love to read the book. I want to know how fucked up this story actually is because, Mm -hmm. ooh, that movie... Yeah. Gives me the willies. Yeah. There's a lot more explanations. Like, uh, uh, Danny's little friend, Tony, they actually <laughs> explain who Tony is. Tony's a real person. So, uh, <laughs> just really creepy. I actually saw this movie first before I read the book because I knew that Stephen King made a book called The Shining. So I watched it and I was like, damn, that was a weird ass movie. So the book's going to be weird too. And I read it and I was like, this is completely fucking different. Like, what, what, what is this? And so I actually enjoyed the book because even though Stephen King has his moments of being weird as fuck, he really enjoys explaining things. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, he's like the Christopher Nolan of his time. Just likes to do a whole lot of question marks and just like, you decide what happened. Is he out of the dream? Or is he still there? Bye. <laughs> and he just runs off. Uh, but Stanley Kubrick, uh, he's he's a mess. Uh, this movie, especially. Um, so the the lead actors of it, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall, um, they hate the rave reviews that this movie got because it was more for Kubrick, and they're like, "Oh man, you did so great with this movie," and it's like, "No, it was us. We we were the actors that did it, and no one brings up them." Uh, because Stanley Kubrick, uh, he loves doing retakes. I think I brought this up when we did another one of his movies. So I don't know if this Guinness World Record is still applies, but the Guinness World Record for retakes of a scene, 127, was Shelley Duvall when she was fighting off uh, her husband on the stairs with the bat. They did that 127 different times. So like I said, uh, Stanley Kubrick, he would wear people down to the point where you've been doing something for hours to get real emotion out of you, I guess. Um, Scatman Carruthers that played uh, Hollerin, he actually cried because they did this one like dumb scene over and over. He's like, what do you want, Stanley? He's like, I, I don't understand what you want from me. He's like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And uh, it's it's a mess. But this every spot in this movie where it seems like they really hate each other, it's because they probably were doing that scene like for hours and Jack Nicholson's like, I'm fucking 
upset and it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, I like what you did. You added some extra words and did stuff. Yeah, that's the one. So uh, there's a whole lot of notes about just how much shit they went through and just the abuse, honestly, mental abuse in this this movie. So this film, it took 51 weeks to film. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark actually got delayed because this film did not finish. Uh, I think they said a typical movie, not 21 weeks. It's like... It's like 12 weeks. It's only like three months. Something like that, yeah. Uh, uh, most uh, movies are only three months ridiculous even insane like a movie like this nowadays would be done in like a month uh-huh. yeah. like maybe that it's because it's one it, place in a small yeah. amount oh of yeah people. they would get this done real quick yeah like marvel movies take like max i think like six months aside from like and like endgame yeah. and infinity war that needed like 85 cast mm-hmm. members like mm-hmm. The, the movies that are just, you know, like the same five people doing the thing. Yeah. Those, the huge action ones that require tons of CGI and all that stuff. Those only take like six months to film. So, so, um, so Stephen King, he actually got the idea for this movie because uh, his child, I can't remember which one, one of the older kids actually messed with his papers. He was working on a story and they like. Knocked all the papers over so they're everywhere, and he didn't number them or anything. Put fucking numbers on your pages. And he sat there and looked at the kid, and he's like, I know you didn't do that intentionally, but he's like, there was like a second where I just really want to hurt that kid. And I he's mean, like, he said he felt bad because he's like, I guess it was a really bad feeling. And he's like, Ooh, what if a writer was stuck somewhere where you couldn't get away from it? And just that feeling got worse and worse and worse to the point where he's like, I'm killing my family. And he's like, ooh, I like that a lot. (laughs) And then uh, him and his wife, they actually went to the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. And so that hotel, it was like on a downside. So there was like no one else there. So they were in this hotel by themselves and they ate dinner by themselves. And he's like, ooh, this is creepy as fuck. And then he had a dream and he's like, oh shit. What if they're like stuck at a hotel? And then the cabin fever makes him go crazy. Oh, shit, there's ghosts. And so he actually worked out the skeleton of the story on that trip. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm about to make a million dollars. And then he did. Uh, So Stanley Kubrick actually called him up and asked for the rights to make the movie. And Stephen King's like, yeah, sure, man. You, You made some awesome movies. It came with a little caveat that he couldn't talk about... If he didn't like it or not. It's this weird caveat in it. And actually, if he wanted to make a film adaptation later, Stephen King, uh, he had to sign it. So uh, when people talked to Stephen King about this movie, he would he'd just be like, I didn't like Jack Nicholson as in the movie. And he would just stop. And they're like, D- you don't like the movie, do you? I must go now. <laughs> then I later, must go. My planet needs me. And then later he <laughs> made the... Sure. TV adaptation, which is a lot closer to the book. It's good. It's just, I don't like made-for-TV things because they can't get as graphic as they should. So They can now. Thanks, Netflix. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's like, this is on ABC. I'm like, oh, I think it'll be good at all. <laughs> so he went back and fixed what he wanted. And then Dr. Sleep fixed some things, too. And he's like, I, Dr. Sleep's great. So, um, no, this movie's it's wild. So there's a side story called Room... 237 and that's a whole film because people out there think that Stanley Kubrick made this film as a a hint that he helped 
film the moon landing. He faked it. Oh my god! And so he made this movie because there's tons of nods and everyone's got like a like a ship with a rocket on it and shirts and stuff. He's like, why does he have that sweater? Because it's a fucking sweater, bro. And he's like, but it's got a rocket on it. It's like just a rocket sweater. But there's all these nods to space in it, and they're like. So, it's, there's a lot of people out there that think The Shining is all about him faking the moon landing. So, it's it's a whole movie. Oh <laughs> That's a mess. Love it. It's an absolute mess. So, it's funny. In the novel, the room, it's 217 that the ghost and the naked lady was in. But they changed it to 237 in the film because they didn't want people trying to go to that hotel room. Like, I'm going to sleep in this one. So... They changed it to a fake one, but then everybody's like, oh, I wish it was real. They thought it was going to have a bad connotation to it. They're like, no, I want to sleep in the freaky room with the <laughs> naked weird lady. And they're like, oh, okay. So, um, but no, it's it's a journey. If you haven't seen The Shining, I would say give it a chance. It's it's a fucking lesson in cabin fever. And, That's the damn and truth. And ghosts and powers? That looked like seizures, Urge I guess? to kill. Yeah. Rising. <laughs> Uh, but no, there are better versions of The Shining out there. Like I said, The Simpsons one. Yeah. It's solid. <laughs> it's really, really good. They go over the best parts. So uh, we'll get through this story. For it being like two and a half hours, the fucking plot's very simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's real quick. So uh, Jack Torrance, that's uh, Jack Nicholson. Hey, they have the same name. That's weird. Uh, he takes a winter caretaker position at the Overlook Hotel in Rocky Mountains. So, they close every winter because it would just... It's impossible to get to. Yeah. So, it would be snowed out. They'd have to dig that shit out. And that would cost more money than people would spend to get there. And so, it's it's way, way easier just to have someone stay, warm certain spots, and just keep the hotel from exploding. Hey. Hmm. That's a cool plot point. Maybe that was in the book. But... Um, the manager tells Jack, hey, um, just before we say yes, give you the job, I gotta tell you that, um, the previous caretaker, his name's Charles Grady, um, he had himself a little issue here, and he killed his family with an axe. And then killed himself. Is that an issue with you? And, you know, Jack Nicholson's People like, go a little crazy, because right, well, it's so quiet. on the third floor. And, yeah. Uh, so we'll see you when we see him. Right? No, I'm good. That's all right. So, in Boulder... Uh, Jack's son, Danny, he has a premonition and a seizure. So we learn that Danny can see things. Uh, They don't fully explain what The Shining is in the movie. It's like he can kind of hear conversations happening and sometimes hear the future happening. Well, his imaginary friend that lives in his mouth, that's what he says, and his finger, Tony... He tells him things that are going to happen sometimes, yeah. and he hides things from him. So, uh, Jack's wife, Wendy, she tells the doctor that um, there was a point where Jack dislocated Danny's shoulder because, you know, he knocked over his, his writing stuff. And, you know, he just pulled him a little too hard. I mean, he's, he's better now. He doesn't drink anymore. So... Uh, that shoulder pulling thing is actually a very common injury yeah. in kids five and under yeah. mm-hmm. because their joints have not settled properly. So, like, if you go to pick up a kid, but you grab them by the arm and you yank just, like, a tiny bit too hard. Oh, yeah. Call like a bucket handle. It, yeah, it just, like, pops their shoulder out of place. It's, like, completely, like, not, like, I don't know if in the book 
he was trying to. It was he intentional it's or just, like he was really he, being heavy handed. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm saying like it's not even that heavy of a hand that can do, like that will do yeah. it. It's just like, oh, let me help you up off the ground, and you pull like if you were to try to pull a kid off the ground and use the same amount of pull that you would to pull an adult off the ground, you would pop a kid's shoulder out. Of, oh yeah, out of place. So in the book, there are more nods to situations where Wendy may have been abused by Jack that they bring up. So in the book, they set up this whole situation where every time Jack drinks, bad things happen. In the movie, they don't really do that. They, I don't know. They, they lead it other ways. So um, when they get to the hotel, the Overlook, uh, the head chef, Dick Halloran, that's my boy, he tells Danny that he has a telepathic ability that he calls Shining. Uh, there's a very... Oh, the Shine. The Shine. The Shining. So, there's a really funny sketch about the Shine. Uh, it's uh, uh, Key and Peel, and they say that all black people can shine when they look at each other. <laughs> and it's it's a really funny sketch. It's really funny. So, um, And he, he's talking to Danny in the mind. And so, they're talking about things. And then he says that the hotel also has a shine because... And he says... That sometimes bad places or places just collect bad energy. And then, like I said, in the book, they explain a little bit more. It's a bad place. But in this, it's just like, oh, bad things happen and they just kind of get collected. And he tells Danny to stay away from 237, room 237. And he's like, is there something in there scary? And he's like, no, just don't go in there. Should I be worried? Maybe. <laughs> well, thank you, Dick. He's like, well, I'm going to Florida now. Yeah. So uh, while they're there, uh, they're there for, what, uh, Halloween night till, it's like, what, five months, right? They were going to be at the hotel? Yeah. Keep, keeping it. Till the end of March, beginning yeah. of April. Yes. Yeah. So in the book, there is one job that Jack has that he has to stay up on, and that is keeping the boiler in the basement from just going critical and exploding because that's bad for money reasons. So that's the one thing that he has to keep up with. Uh, in the movie, they didn't have a boiler room. I think it's talked about once and then they never come back to it. Man, that looks like a really cool way to end a movie. Oh, well. So uh, while they're there, Danny is having these visions. Um, it looks like seizures, honestly, because it's fucking him up every time he like encounters like a ghost or sees the future what's gonna happen it's like it messes him up pretty good uh while it's happening jack's his mental health is just deteriorating deteriorating there you go okay i think i i, I didn't put enough letters the first time and so he's using this five month hiatus from the world to work on his writing so you know that's the best time to work on writing we have nothing else to fucking do and so little by little his outbursts he's getting more and more mean to wendy when she comes in, there's one spot where she comes in to see if he wants food. Yeah, because it, it's lunchtime. She's like, hey, let me make you a sandwich. Yeah, and he's like, if you see me in here, that means I'm working. And you distracting yeah. me just makes all these pages I worked on useless because I don't know where it's going anymore. If you hear the clickety-clacks, you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, and then he rips up all his pages. Yeah, he just gives up on whatever idea he had. Like, bro, you could just reread the shit you did and get back into that yeah. headspace. We'll, uh, we'll find out what he was writing. It's very important. So, uh, Danny, he's on his big wheel scooting around the hotel. This hotel's really goofy and doesn't make sense. Uh, it was made like that. There are windows where it shouldn't be. If you really think of the 
the map of the hotel. That's like, wait, that room is like inside as fuck. How is there a window? Winchester Mystery House. Right? Questions? So Danny gets too close to room 237 and unlocked 237 uh, out of curiosity. So Jack uh, gets told by Wendy to check it out because... You know, the kid is freaking the fuck out. Uh, Jack goes into room 30, 237, and he meets a female that comes out of the shower. He's like, hey, sexy lady. And then he makes out with her, and he sees her in the mirror, and she's, like, moldy and old. And he's like, oh, shit. Hmm. And backs out the room and runs off. And he tells Wendy, no, nah, I didn't see nothing. And hmm. Wendy's like, well, someone's in this hotel. And he's like, nah, I didn't see nothing. Uh so, little by little, um, he's just mentally getting broken down. Hey, that sounds familiar. A ghost house fucking with somebody's mental stability so you can get them easier? Hey, great encounters. What up? <laughs> so. Ghost house? Yeah. 13 so ghosts? Jack ghost gets shows. blamed for the bruises on Danny, which, I mean, Wendy had a really good reason to think that he did it because there's no one else there. So, uh, she's very upset at him. And Jack... Uh, looking just for a break somewhere, goes into the the bar room, this giant, beautiful room, and he meets up with the bartender, Lloyd. So just out of nowhere, um, I guess Jack is just imagining this, or he thinks he's imagining this, but the ghost is handing him alcohol, which was taken out of the hotel before everybody left. So he's like, man, I would, I would do so many bad things to get some alcohol. And then the ghost's like, here you go, bud. <laughs> and so, um, just drinks little Have by I little. Told about, I told you about our daily special. <laughs> and little by little, the room is just filling up, and it turns into an actual party. And he's at the party, and he meets up with the butler, Delbert Grady. He's like, Grady? The butler. That name sounds familiar. Have I seen you, sir? He's like, nope, you have not. And he's like, <laughs> that name's familiar. Weren't you... Weren't you the caretaker here? Didn't you kill your family? He's like, nope. I love my family. He's like, yeah, that's weird. Uh, He's like, and then Delbert, Mr. Grady says, you've always been the caretaker. He's like, I I haven't been the caretaker. You've always done the job. And he's like, oh, okay, that's a really fucking weird phrase to say. And Grady tells Jack that Danny is reaching out to somebody in the world. He uses some very mm, all right words. Not all right words. But he tells him that Danny needs to be punished for using his talent. And he needs Jack needs to correct his wife and child. And he's like, okay, I'll take care of this, bud. Uh, Wendy finds Jack's manuscript. Man, he's worked on like at least 200 pages. Must be a really good-ass book. Oh, no. All it says is all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Written over and over. Uh, but in the stylings and indentations and formatting yeah. of a book. <laughs> so Stanley Kubrick, he actually, uh, a secretary that he had, she just typed a ton of pages in just different ways. There were probably other people that helped. But yes, a lot of those pages were actually yeah, typed. I bet she got paid $50 in a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, you goddamn right. Fucking <laughs> bullshit. A wink wink and a very awkward flirt. Yeah. Mm. So before computers, how shitty. Yeah. So when Jack actually catches Wendy reading his book, uh, that scene, they intentionally made it so it wasn't a jump scare, but just you could just see him watching her. I think it's better than a jump scare because she freaks out when he's like, how do you like it? (laughs) 
No TV, no beer makes Homer something something. Go crazy. Go crazy. Don't mind, Don't if, mind I do. if I do. <laughs> so uh, Jack threatens to bash her fucking head in with a bat. And Wendy is like shittily swinging the bat at her. She's like, get back. He's like, come on, just give me the bat. And then she actually oh, hits his ass. I would have given it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she knocks him the fuck out with the bat and locks him in the kitchen pantry. So uh, she decides that she's gonna take Danny and get the fuck out of there, and then she'll get help for Jack later. But then they find out that Jack has sabotaged a two-way radio and a snowcat, so there's no way to leave viable. You, actually, they could walk in the snow, but they'll die. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck. And so should have put him in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Freezes ass. So Jack is sitting in the kitchen pantry, eating food, just relaxing. His leg hurts. And Grady's on the other side of the door. And he's like, hey, uh, <laughs> I'm about to quote the Simpsons version. He's like, hey, Homer, uh, me and some of the other ghouls don't think uh, you're going to kill your family. He's like, can't kill eating. He's like, for the love of God. <laughs> so uh, Grady tells him, like, hey, man, like, are you in charge of this family? It doesn't look like it. They look like you got knocked the fuck out and put into a pantry. He's like, just give me one more chance. I'll take care of my family. And they're like, okay. I don't think you have the stomach for this. Yeah, he's like, just give me one more chance. And they're like, okay. And they unlock the door for him. So, uh, Jack goes after his family with an axe. Uh, in the book, it's a croquet metal. But they changed it because an axe looks so much scarier. Um, sure does. And Jack starts axing through the doors. They made the doors easier to break, but they didn't know that Jack Nicholson was a firefighter. So he was <laughs> destroying the doors too fast for them. So they actually had to make the doors harder to break. He was just like, ah, oh, man, this ain't shit. This, well, this door's like paper. So they were making like balsa doors, and he was just like, bitch. So, yeah, they were like, so, they were like, yeah. bitch, it was like three seconds, man. Like, we need like 50 doors for you to do this one scene. So, uh, they made the doors actually stronger. Real doors, They should yeah. actually just use a real door at that yeah, point. Yeah, just fucking buy, fake doors. buy some com. doors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, the Here's Johnny, that was that that was all Jack Nicholson. Because Stanley Kubrick wasn't a Johnny Carson. He didn't know. He's, uh, he's not American. I forgot what he is. He's an asshole. That's what he is, actually. But, uh, yeah, the Here's Johnny, that was... That was just Jack Nicholson. And I love it. It's the best. Uh, yeah. mm. Here's Johnny. Hi. Oh, David Letterman. I'm Hi, Dave. I'm Grandpa. I'm far <laughs> enough like removed from it that I don't didn't remember that Johnny Carson used to do that. Because yeah. Johnny Carson was on air for, what, like three years of my life? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and then was gone. So, like, yeah. well, I, was, uh... it was the, the here's Johnny thing, like, remained... In popular culture in the 90s, it, like, kept coming up in different things. But then by, like, the time I was, I don't know, a teen, it just went away. Yeah. So I haven't heard that in, like, 15 years. So my brain just, like, erased it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when it happened in the movie, I, like, turned to Otis and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought his name was Jack, which is not original at all. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's, like, from Johnny Carson. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, while uh, Jack is axing through the door, Wendy stabs his hand. She's like, get out of there, and and chops it. And he's like, ah, son of a bitch, I hurt. And then he hears a snowcat driving up and someone at the door, and he's like, son of a bitch. So, while this was happening, Danny called out 
to our boy Dick. And Dick is chilling at his like home in Florida with his beautiful naked black lady pictures surrounding him. And he's just sitting in his bed and he hears the shine coming from Danny. So he takes this long, arduous journey to get back to the snow to save the family. Uh, when Dick opens the door and comes through the front door, Jack rushes him and kills him with the axe. And I was like, oh, wow. All of that work, and then he dies. I was very sad. Yeah. Man, maybe in a book he does survive and do more things. We'll never know. So, Danny runs into the hedge maze. That is not in the book. And <laughs> he actually tricks his dad by, because he realizes the dad is following him by the footsteps. So, he actually goes reverse on his footsteps and hides. And Jack just keeps on running. He's like, that little son of a bitch. I'm going to catch him. And he gets lost in the hedge maze and freezes to death. So... Uh, Wendy finds Danny, and they scoot off in the um, the snowcat that was left by Dick. And so, in a photograph at the end of the movie, it shows Jack pictured standing amongst amongst the crowd of party people from July Fourth, nineteen twenty one. What does that mean, Otis? Uh, there's a couple of theories that Jack uh, was. I don't know. In a past life, he was at the hotel and died. And because there's a spot where he says, I have deja vu. I've been here before, even though it was his first time. Uh, the fact that Grady says, you've always been a caretaker. And he's like, that's a weird thing to tell somebody that hasn't always done it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just a nod to it. So uh, real quick, I'll just tell you the ending of the book is way better. So um, the spirit wants Danny because the shine is a really powerful power and it could eat it up and be stronger so the house has been fucking with danny a, the whole book but danny is too strong so it's like well fuck it we'll take jack's body and then jack will drag danny to us and then we'll take the power like that so um danny actually is able to take the control f from off of jack and jack's like oh my god i'm like i've been trying to kill you guys that's terrible and then the spirits decide well we don't really need the mind of Jack. Let's just kill him. So they have Jack bash his own face in. So it's just mush. A mush face and he's dead. And they're controlling the body. So the body is trying to kill the family. I think that would be so much cooler to see in movie form. But what do I know? Yeah. So uh, Danny gets attacked by hedge animals. But Stanley Kubrick was like, that'd be way too much effort and money to do. So he's fighting off giant grass animals or hedge animals and dick comes in uh he actually helps the family get away and danny uh uses the shine and tells the house like hey um that boiler's about to explode you should probably get someone to save it and, he, and the house is like holy shit like the boiler's gonna explode so they get jack's body drags it down there to save the day and stop the explosion but it gets there at a time so the boiler room explodes and destroys the hotel. Wow. And so that's how the movie ends. They actually save the day. And then at the end... How the book ends, you mean? Yes, how the book ends. Uh, and then at the end, Danny, he's like graduating from, I think, high school. Mm -hmm. And he actually sees the spirit of his dad there. And he's like, gives him a nice little thumbs up. And he's like... <laughs> he just waves to him. Um, and then the saxophone plays the outro. Yeah. But yes, um, there are some nods that... The spirits aren't done with Danny, and that goes into Doctor Sleep. Uh, I 
was able to read like the first chapter of it because you know all the hey read the first couple of chapters of this. So uh, yeah, he deals with those spirits again. That hotel really wants Danny because he's really strong with the shine. So yes, that's the shining. It's it's a mess, but a very interesting story if you actually get to see the best version of it. So, uh, Katie, who was your favorite character in The Shining? Uh, my favorite character in The Shining was Wendy, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the only character who really had their head on right the whole fucking film. Like, I don't know. She was taking care of that family. She was cooking all the meals. She was taking care of all the cleaning. She was full-time watching their fucking, like, five-year-old son and entertaining his ass which you know in 1970 whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. like that was a lot of goddamn work so she was the best and she handled it exactly like a mother should she was a little bit like i don't know more timid than most like i don't know most of the women i know nowadays are just like if a man started acting crazy like that on them they would just kill them like it wouldn't be like oh get away and like barely moving the bat like i just bashed their brains in but i guess that says a lot about our culture <laughs> these yeah. days more than anything um like she was she was kind of weak uh, there were a lot of points where she was just like, oh, but I can't, he's my husband, I can't hurt him, I can't do this. And I was just like, mm, come on. Like, you you could. He's trying to hurt your kid. Um, but she eventually, like, made it over that and dealt with this whole situation and got her kid out to safety, which was, you know, goal number one. So Wendy was a badass. She's my favorite. Emma. Jack Nicholson. Not Jack Torrance. Jack Nicholson. Not the character he played. <laughs> Jack Nicholson. His face gives me the creeps. Like, I it love him has. in almost everything that he has ever been in. I love Jack Nicholson. He's phenomenal. But his face creeps me out so hard. And just his mannerisms and the way he talks, I'm like, ooh, you picked a good schizo. Nice job. <laughs> like, that's creepy as fuck. But, yeah, Jack Nicholson was my favorite, so. Are you ready? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I agree with Katie. Um, going with Wendy. One of my favorite things is when there's at least one character who knows what's going on <clears throat> and is, you know, in kind of... Sur- either surrounded by people who are losing it and then there's barely a chance to get out you know you run outside and there's maze what come on what level am i on yeah <laughs> when did yeah. i get into this oh, dungeon man. yeah <laughs> but you know it, it's it's a lot more fun watching somebody try to somebody who is uh stable trying to figure out like insurmountable odds in situations like this yeah so my favorite character it's it's weird. It's like a hodgepodge of the family. At certain points, they all do amazing things. Uh, just like Emma said, Jack Nicholson did an amazing job playing just a dad that was pretty crazy, just trying to keep it together and then get somewhere and he's like, oh, I can't hold it anymore. I got to let yeah. this let this out. 
Um, but I, I liked everybody. Uh, in the book, uh, Stephen King, for some reason, he loves making kids way smarter than they should be, especially uh-huh. if they have powers or something like that. That's like one of his like themes all the time. Kids are way smarter in his books. So Danny in the books is a lot smarter than this Danny, and the powers didn't like fuck him up. Like there's spots where he's just like drooling, and he's like, I can't do anything else but see my dad look crazy. Um, but no, the whole family they were awesome. So, uh, Katie, who's your least favorite character? Um, my least favorite character was the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. slash the plot movement. Um, I felt like this movie went from zero to 60 way too fucking fast. Um, they introduced, like, okay, movie starts, they introduce the characters, cool, we get it, he's a writer, he's got things to do, he's trying to work on a new book, cool. He gets to the hotel, the guy who runs the hotel is like, here's this and this and this, you cool to take this job, like, heads up, you might go crazy, like, that happened before. The winters are, t- are tough. And he's like, it's fine. I'm a writer. I'll be fine. Cool. Okay. There's, you know, another 20 minutes of fucking plot exposition. Cool. They get into this hotel and start hanging out as a family or like dealing with it as a family. And like five minutes later, Jack Nicholson is nuts. Yeah. Like <laughs> it went from like hey, spending five months in this hotel could really fuck with your brain to I've been in this hotel for enough time to eat a sandwich and I'm insane and gonna kill my family. Like, there was no lead up to him going crazy. It was like, let me try to write this book. Oh, the wife came in to give me a sandwich. Let me get fucking pissed at her. Next stop, crazy town. Kill my son. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Population. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy town population, Jack Torrance. Like, it made no fucking sense. There was no, like, oh, well, we've been here for two weeks. Like, this is starting to get a little tough. We've been here for a month. I'm kind of starting to go crazy. I wish I could use the phone or whatever. Like, there was no buildup to that. It was just insta-crazy, and then Jack Nicholson was just crazy for the last hour and a half of this film. And it's like... Come the fuck on. Yep. And the soundtrack was obnoxious and annoying. Like, it was so loud. Yep. And it did not need to be fucking obnoxious. Emma. I literally wrote sounds, question mark. (laughs) Because I was watching this and cleaning the kitchen and... I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus, why is this just ringing in all of my bones? Yeah. And then it wouldn't stop and it kept getting louder. And I'm like, is that 100% necessary? Yeah. Because I don't think so. It was a lot. It did not do anything. I would have had more anxiety had it been dead silent. silent. Yeah. We have talked about this countless times on this podcast because we are a table of musicians. There is a time and a place for loud, obnoxious things, and there is an even bigger time and place for nothing. Yep. This was the perfect opportunity 
for, for nothing, nothing <laughs> yeah. to work amazingly. Yeah. And it would have thrice improved the creepiness of this movie. Yeah. So the sounds were a lot for me. Yeah. It was a big no. Micah? I don't really have a least favorite character for this one. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Everybody just kind of did their parts. Yeah. 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 I feel you on that. Uh, you didn't like the mo- you uh, enjoyed the moldy oldie? The moldy old Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't mind Tony. Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of Tony. Tony. I wonder how long it's going to be before Jackson starts doing that. Let's Never. Die. He walks in the kitchen and <laughs> he's, he's like, what is cut. this? And I was like, please go away. He's already got the bowl <laughs> cut. Fucking Seriously? The whole time when I was watching that movie, I was looking over at Otis and I kept saying, like, that kid looks a lot like Jackson. <laughs> oh, shit. I like, will shit my pants like if that lot. kid comes into my room. So my friend Tony, who uh, lives honey, in we're, my going, mouth. we're going to the doctor's office right now. Tony doesn't like macaroni. <laughs> Danny can't wake up, Mrs. Torrance. Oh, yeah. you mean, you mean Good what? night, you nurse. You mean little bumbo? Fucking his bumbo voice. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. It's fucking Kramer with the little doll. When he comes into my bed at 6.45 in the morning with his bumble. Good morning, mommy. Oh <laughs> what would you do if Bumbo had a little axe in his hands? Oh, I would hard pass yeet that. <laughs> so chopping at you. Baby, baby Bumbo it had, looks like it's holding a... Uh... Like a corner of his little blanket. <laughs> Make fashion it to look like an ass. <laughs> Fucking mess. Yikes. Uh, my least favorite character is the fact that they didn't use Scatman Carruthers for enough in this film. Agreed. Uh, he came in and got an axe, just like Willie, and he's like, oh, I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> he went down. Uh, like I said in the book, he actually survives, and he helps out the family, and then he... Helps Danny with his shine later on and stuff. Yeah, so. and he explains what the shine actually fucking is because that had made barely any sense in this film. Uh, honorable mention, and I'll explain this character. I'm gonna say Tony, because uh, Tony, and I understand that the person couldn't ex- fully tell Danny, "Hey, your dad's gonna go fucking crazy and try to kill you," because that's really weird to tell a kid, and he wouldn't be able to get it. So yeah. Tony is Danny from the future. Jesus. He uses his shine to go back in time and uh, help Danny through the situation. Because he's like, oh, fuck, no one's there for me. I'll be there for me. And he goes back in time. So he's... Damn. There. That's so much. That's meta's God damn. Because That's we, heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Because we learn in the book, Danny's middle name is Anthony. Oh, Jesus. And so he uses Tony... As just a crutch. And he's like, okay. That's... The kid's not going to understand it, but, but my name's Tony. Yeah, that works. Fuck it. So, oh my God. because in the movie, there's spots where kid. he says, like, Tony doesn't want to tell me what's going to happen. Or he's like, does Tony tell you to do things? He's like, well, sometimes there's things he won't tell me. And it's like, because future Danny's like, fuck, how do I tell a kid? You can stay away from his dad because he'll die. Uh, fuck. Uh, you know, so. I, it's pretty I just, easy now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But for the time, uh, so I just picture, you know, Obi Wan okay. Kenobi oh, sitting no. in a room Don't like, "How do there. I fucking talk to my this little is self my no-no and square. work this out?" So yeah, uh, that'd be cool. I don't know if they do it in the movie, but that'd be that'd be a cool deleted scene if we see uh, you and McGregor 
remember, oh shit, I gotta do that. I gotta go back and do it real quick. <laughs> and he, like, BRB! He gotta shines, save my own life! Yeah, he shines to the past and he's like talking to his little self. He's like, oh bro, I wouldn't go in there. <laughs> and the kid's like, okay, Tony! And he's like, oh god. Oh shit, I'm a dad. So, um, Dude, but, but Tony is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> How cool! Hold me Toby Wan Kenobi. Toby <laughs> Wan so yeah, um, I thought that would be really cool if they explained it, <laughs> but they probably didn't know where they Jesus. were going with the movie. And That's a crossover I want to see. And probably Stanley Kubrick didn't want to explain that Tony was just him from the future. Stanley Kubrick sucks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's Tony. That's why he's so important and in the movie. People are like, what the fuck is that Tony? Is that just a major frame? Why does he know things? Because it's him. He went through this and he's like, oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, just killing out. Come off Scatman Carruthers before he did anything. With all those powers, still got an axe to the back. I'm like, somebody must have killed me. <laughs> he just gets hit. Uh, okay, so let's do seven word synopsis. I only have one. Um, and it's not really a synopsis, but movie description of Shining is psychic seizure. Every time Danny's like, oh shit, I'm getting a message from the future. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. And he just kind of falls over, and I'm like, shit, that doesn't seem fun. Shining seems like it's terrible for your brain. I wouldn't want it. So, uh, Dick seemed pretty cool with it. So, uh, yeah. Katie. Going along your lines, the shine needed a lot more description. (laughs) Uh, Jack should have murdered the movie sound mixer. (laughs) And Jack's turn to crazy happened seemingly overnight. Yup. Back to my point. So that that shit happened way too fucking. That quick. was one issue that Stephen King brought up. So they they said that Jack Nicholson just looked like a crazy person. Yup. He wanted uh, actually John Voight to play Jack. Oh fuck. Um, okay, I can't say anything because I don't know what John Voight looked like in nineteen sixty whatever the seventy anyone? this Man. year. All I can see is crazy ass John Voight. Currently, yeah. like fucking John Voight from uh, Anaconda when he was just fucking insane. <laughs> I would have lost my shit because that dude is very unassuming at first. John Voight is creepy as fuck. Yeah, so I, I don't know who I would have chosen to be like just normal and not crazy. I mean, I guess John at this time. Hamm. Well, no, at the time that this movie came out, you said this came out at the same time as one of the Star Wars ones, right? The f- Empire Strikes Back. Right? Yes. Second one? Yeah. Okay. So like a Harrison Ford or a Mark Hamill. That would have been a great like normal dude. Normal dude starts writing that goes fucking nuts. Mark fucking Hamill. That dude makes his eyes all huge and I'm like, no, we're done. Yeah, because he's the Joker. (laughs) Yeah, I think a Joker. So is Jack Nicholson. (laughs) You you right. Swap one Joker for the other. (laughs) And then the kid is Heath Ledger. Oh. That would be Jesus. Oh my God, you were writing a Shining universe that I would love to see. Shineverse. I the would Shineverse. Pay so Shineverse. much money. But now we've got to make it again, and it's got to be like Sebastian Stan as young Mark Hamill and <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt as adult Heath Ledger. <laughs> as Tony. Yes, as Tony. Oh, they would show him. Oh yeah. It'd just be him, like oh shit. So, uh, yeah. Micah, do you have a seven words? Yeah. Um based off of his character development. Um, what was it? Real life foreshadowing of most people's pandemic. 
Didn't you yeah. say something about that? They're like, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's 2020 folks, and two folks and a half sitting hours. in their fucking house like this for months. And like, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, but it was a lot. I don't know. I feel like maybe we just didn't hear about it. But I feel like a lot less people went crazy and like murdered their families during the pandemic than mm-hmm. would have had. Like this happened... Over the course of five months, this dude could not sit still for five months with his wife and son. And we've had to sit basically for going on almost three years, right? At this point. Or two full years at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Like, And I only got lost in the corn maze once. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any more? No. Okay. Low brass out here being fucking ominous. <laughs> when they started this movie, I was like, okay, the only decent part of this soundtrack, but was yeah. still obnoxiously loud. The soundtrack is as schizo as Jack. Mm-hmm. You need more than a doctor, bitch. <laughs> she said, we gotta take you to a doctor. Mm-mm. I said, famous line hits different as a mother. When he knocked down that door and said, here's Johnny, I was like, if that dude came in there (laughs) hollering at me, coming after me and my kid, I would fuck a bitch up so fast. (laughs) I would have, he would have already been dead, like, Mm -hmm. prior to getting to the bathroom door, but. Oh, severely and many times over. Like, when she, quote, knocked him out with that baseball bat, I would have done a lot more than knocked him out, like, he would have been bleeding. Severely. Severely? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would have been in that fucking meat locker? Yup. Locked in. Yup. Sorry, then, uh, Danny, we're just eating, like, corn for the rest of the right? three months we're here. And then my two alliteratives. Tony Takeover teaches Torrance taught truths telepathically. That's insane. And then Scenic Sidewinders Chalet Spirits Spur Serial Psychos. That's a lot. Nice. Yeah. So, this film came out May 23rd, 1980. My God. So, what do you guys think the budget for The Shining was, Katie? I think The Shining cost 8.5. 8. 8.5. Dollar dues. Emma. $20 dollar dues. Okay. Micah. Four dollar dues. Four. I like Why where your you, head's at. You under budget that. But you should have jumped in the middle. So, the budget was $19 reduce. Damn. Good lord. Well, that's what happens when you're just constantly filming the same thing over and over. It's just time. It's Wasting money. Wasting fucking time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a mess. So, uh, what do you guys think the box office was? Katie? Uh, $29 reduce. Not bad. Overall, forever and ever, or like... Uh, just what... Right then. Just what Wikipedia said. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so probably probably what it was, because all okay. time is be a certain number now. I went crazy, and I said $110 reduce. Nice. Mike? There's a big... $19 reduce. <laughs> there was a big open middle there, and he <laughs> went, I'll stay behind, Katie. Oops, and Mike. once again, Mike should have jumped in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> The life on the edge. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the box office was forty-seven dollar reduced. Jesus, okay. it wasn't that far off. So it did good, but it's one of those 
it just got bigger and crazier. Later, people like, yeah. oh, damn, can we talk about The Shining? That movie that people didn't really, they dug it, but like, can we really think about it now? Mm. Also because it came out when Star Wars came mm. out. So oh, yeah. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back kind of pushed that back. That shit kind of said, man. Nah. We all know I have opinions about artsy films. Yeah. yeah. So this it's, ain't the one, Chief. In 2018, no. uh, the film was selected for uh, preservation. 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 Uh, in the National Film Registry by the Library mm-hmm. of Congress because it's, yep. it's pretty significant. Uh, if you don't like it, you love it or hate it, it's one of those films that... Like, you can put your head through a hole and say, here's Johnny. And be like, yeah, you're going to kill your family. <laughs> you know, it's just, everyone know, has an idea where it came from. Uh, so there is a sequel. Uh, we should review it. Um, people liked it. Uh, I guess it's spooky. It's it's a lot of people with powers now. The shine, the shine is weaponized now, <laughs> from yeah. what I've seen. Uh, it's like Force Awakens. They're doing dumb shit with, their, with the Force now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but no, we get Ewan McGregor being a good Danny. A Danny that dealt with his issues with alcohol, like his dad. Uh, <laughs> alcohol. So uh, we get to see Danny and a new kid trying to stay alive from bad guys that eat shine? It's weird. So uh, it's a lot. So uh, we'll probably do that one day. Uh, does anybody have a. Oh! Here we go, I forgot. Minority Kill Count. We haven't had one in a while, because none of the movies we've watched in a while have had yeah. any minorities in them at all. So, hey, look at that. Scat Man Carruthers got an X to the chest. So now the new number is 199. do 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 And it's Edo Turtle. So, hey, look at that. It, it's like... It's synced up. It's like we planned it. <laughs> <laughs> the 200th episode to have a minority go down in it and be 200 um, <laughs> uh, does anybody have anything else to say about The Shining eh meh yeah I feel like you I have I to read the book I feel like you have <laughs> to watch this movie like just because of the cultural significance of it but honestly it's like meh book's better I will say book's better I don't know Again, it's back to the, like, trying to make a horror thing artsy. Like, it doesn't need to be. And this was Stanley Kubrick's first and last foray into making a horror film. Good. So. Don't do it. Don't do it Stephen King says, I don't get why people think it's scary. But Stephen King makes scary shit all the time. So he's like, I mean, is it scary? Well, I mean, I guess it's not really scary. It's just, like, a murder. It's creepy. It's a thriller. thriller. Yeah. But even still, like. Those type of movies do not need to be artsy. Like, not it's not meant to be, like, oh, let me, been... let me sit down and do a super think about it. Like, yeah, this could have been just and straight all, ahead. And all the meanings that, you know, this fucking creepy old bitch would in it? a bathtub means. Could it? Like, no. Should it? No, it shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. It's just there to freak you out. Like, don't make it more thinkable than it needs to be. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... With that, that is the end of the episode. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about Stephen King adaptations into movies and why they really aren't that good up until like the 2000s, uh, you tweet us at AllentownPod. We have an email, it is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, I have a Facebook app. AllentownPresents. So, uh, Studio Pizza, thank you so much for the artwork and music you're listening to right now. If I did it right, that is flipping the combined effort, flipping the CE anywhere online that you can search for them. Some show. Uh, I need 
catch up with them when I go to Texas. So, uh, for the Spooky Movie Squad, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next episode is episode 200, y'all. I'm, 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 I'm so pumped. And I'm doing one. I have, I'll tell my story next episode. But it, it's a good one. And I say this about all the scary movies. I actually didn't say it this time. But the next one... this one's just a mad one. But the next uh-huh. one legit is one of my favorite <sighs> scary movies. For a very important reason. But... Uh, Damn, away yeah, right? Uh, but, but seriously. Wait, you are? <laughs> but seriously, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with the 200th fucking episode of this podcast. So, bye guys. Make sure you listen. Toots? Urge to kill. Rising. Amen.